0: Guys, people, on today's show, I have the pleasure of interviewing Jay Brantley tells us one of the most inspiring stories we've ever heard in our lives he talks about everything from his experience living in the trap house to being a missions minister and youth leader in the church why am i rapping right now maybe because i just released a new project entitled the inspiration you get to hear one of my new songs entitled angels watching today and if you don't like that then what's wrong with you what's wrong with you hey sit back relax and enjoy the inspiration now in session inspire god's, people. Inspire god's the people. people my wife thinks i'm crazy how did we get here I can't believe y'all let me have a show. Be going higher and higher, let me inspire you. God's people, I see you, let me admire you. He gave you vision and purpose, but you struggled to dream. Cause the seed that was sown wasn't stitched in your jeans. What was in them was denim. I guess what's in them is in them. There's a different perspective that I'm trying to present them. It ain't always peace when you see the peace sign. It don't make you a Levite cause you rock Levi's. What's up, people? I am your host, J. Will. And I would like to welcome you to Inspire God's People, where we balance faith and business to guide you to your purpose. Text, be inspired to eight three three nine four six two five one eight. Yes. Text all one word. Be inspired. B E I N S P I R E D. Text it to this number, 833-946-2518. Yeah, your boy. Look, let me tell y'all something. Last year, I told y'all, like, on 100 episodes, don't leave the pandemic empty-handed. If you listen, you know what I'm saying? If you was rocking with the show, then you definitely came into this, like, Man, I don't, it's hard to call it post-COVID because I know the impact is still there. But you get the point I'm making. If you listened to this show last year, you should now have some tools, some resources, some energy, like some some inspiration. Like you should be on something else in some area of your life if you didn't leave the pandemic empty-handed. You feel what I'm saying? That's all we was talking about. You know what I'm talking about this year? Apply pressure. That's right. Apply pressure. That's all I'm telling y'all this year. Apply pressure. I'm applying pressure. This is just all part of the process. And see, that's what applying pressure really means. Like It's just a cool way for me to say, I'm going to keep doing one more little thing and growing and doing one more little thing. And planning and doing one more little thing and strategizing and doing one more little thing and reading another book and studying the Bible and print. Like I'm applying pressure, God willing, like that's what we doing all year long. 2021, we applying pressure. And why? It's like saving a little bit of money over time. If you save $100 a week. The first hundred dollars doesn't feel like much. The second hundred dollars doesn't feel like much. But you get the 25 weeks and you like, oh, I got twenty five hundred dollars. Right. It starts feeling like progress. That's the concept of applying pressure. So all I'm trying to do this year, you're going to hear me keep saying it. I'm not done yet. We applying pressure and I want you to apply pressure, too. Right. So. We now have. Um, the Inspire Guys people text family. Um, again, you know, when you text, be inspired to that number. Uh, what's gonna happen is once a week, and I don't know if I'm starting for the next couple of weeks. I don't know when I'm starting to send out the first text. But for once a week, on average, at most six texts a month. But I don't think it'll really be over four. Uh, we're gonna text you some inspirational content, maybe some music and podcast updates from time to time. But for the most part, here's what you can expect from this text family. This is not me promoting to you. So I'm not going to copy and paste, you know, messages from social media or something or like me like this. That's not what it's about. I'm curating content specifically for the text fam that won't be shared anywhere else. But the text fam, or at the very least, the text family will get it first. And so. The approach to this is really like, look, I'm thinking you waking up in the morning. You need additional inspiration. You know, you might have a rough week. Maybe I'll, you know, pray that week. Maybe I'll share some Bible scriptures. Um, But right now, I'm just planning and curating the content. But thank you to everybody who has joined the Tex family. We are definitely growing. Um, I'm going to be honest. It was kind of funny, right? Because on social media, it was definitely a couple of people like, Oh, uh, yo, I'm kind of nervous. Like what? I'm like, bruh, I don't know what y'all nervous about. I'm not about to be texting you like on no regular stuff. Like <laughs> I don't even have time for that. If I'm being real, I don't have time to text you on nothing weird. You don't got to worry about nothing sideways coming. This is about growing as a community. And um, if I'm just being honest, my desire would inspire guys. People is to go deeper, like to reach people at a real level. Not just like my post, this or that. That's really part of the reason, part of the reason why I started the podcast was because all of this superficial, oh, just give me a, oh, do good today. Oh yeah, you did it. It's not enough for me. I require deeper relationships with people. And that's what we're building at Inspire Guys People. And if you need a di- a deeper relationship and accountability to uh, be inspired to and guided to your purpose, Um, then that's what you're going to get from signing up. So, yeah, man, that's what we doing right now. Text inspired, all one word, BE, inspired at 833-946-2518. We applying pressure, baby. Yeah. All right, so now that we got that out the way, I actually think this is about to be one of the greatest episodes in Inspire God's People history to date. And we've had quite a few amazing episodes. So that's saying a lot. I think the story that you're going to hear today is going to blow you away. Like it's going, you're going, your mind is, you're going to have to like step back to like really like understand what God did in this young man's life. And I'm saying young man just because I'm being churchy right now. Why would you go to church? Like, what? I don't even like homie probably older than me. You know what I'm saying? Just like, why did I just call you young man, bro? I'm sorry. No disrespect. And I'm definitely gonna apologize after sitting and talking to you and hearing your story. Um, you know what I'm saying? Don't don't hold it against me, my brother. You know what I'm saying? But that's just what church people do sometimes, at least in Detroit. Everybody's young man, you talk in a church voice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thank you. Thank you, young man. Uh, It's like, I don't know who did that first and why they did it, but they definitely need to stop. Today's story is going to bless you. Um, I'm going to share a new song uh, from a project that I just dropped this week. The project I've been telling you all about that's entitled The Inspiration. Um, The song I'm sharing today is called Angels Watching. It's been getting great feedback. It just dropped yesterday. So let's get into that. Like, let's just get into the music. And then just jump into this interview that's going to blow you away. We're not wasting no time today. So check out Angels Watching. You're getting the first listen right here on Inspire Guys People, to podcast. Check out my new music by just searching Apple Music. J, like, go on Apple Music. Don't search Apple Music. Go on Apple Music and type in J-Will Music, all one word, and then click on the singles and EPs. The new one is called The Inspiration. Three songs that's gonna bless you. This one is called Angels Watching. Shout out to my producer, the real Red Campbell. Listen, man, I can't thank you enough, bro. I counted today just to be sure. Red has produced over 50 songs for me in the last nine years. Can we get an applause for that? Like, can we can somebody clap in your car? You cleaning up, you working out. Can you clap while you're listening to this? And just shout out my producer. My friend, my homie, Darrell Red Campbell Jr. Uh, thank you, bro, for sticking with me for you know through the ups, downs, in betweens, rocking with me, and producing some really amazing music. Over 50 songs in nine years, and we ain't done just yet. Check it out, Angels Watching by Yours Truly, J Will Music on my new project, The Inspiration. Oh, we did it. <laughs> I'm so intrigued by the reality of angels and the job that God has given them to do. To protect us, the saved ones, the souls that will inherit salvation. And they even rejoice when one sinner repents. Because they know who they were created to be and they understand their purpose in the kingdom of heaven. I know they're watching over me. I can feel it in the spirit, my God. They're watching over me. Could have been gone a few times by now, but they were watching over me, and I thank you, Jesus, for sending your angels to so watch over me. Be careful how you treat a stranger; you may be entertained. sit back and imagine all those times that I was in trouble and didn't even know I was in trouble. And God loved me so much that he looked down at my situation and was like, ooh, my servant is wilding out. And told his angels, go get him. Go protect him. He still has purpose. I know they're watching over me. I can feel it in the spirit, my God. They're watching over me been gone a few times by now, but they were watching over me, and I thank you Jesus for sending your angels to watch over me, I didn't know then, but I know now, thank you for protecting me from what I couldn't see, what I didn't know, watcher of my soul, guided me the whole time, I apologize, never noticed you cause I was living nonchalant, I should have known there were some angels in my entourage, how else would you explain how I the rush and we do that a lot of times out of loneliness because we feel like yo it's just me on this journey by myself i can't see where my help is coming from so i'm gonna figure it out like real real quick but you don't have to do that when you're walking in his purpose and you know he has an army of angels watching over you you just heard angels watching by yours truly j will music from my new project entitled The Inspiration. I'm probably going to do a segment at some point on this show where we do a whole breakdown of the lyrics and all of those things because there's a lot being said, a lot of scripture references um, in that song. But hit me up, email me and tell me what you think. Music at gmail.com or hit me up on social media. Um, my Instagram name is at Mr Bellwether. That's M-R underscore B-E-L-L-W-E-T-H-E-R. You can always find all of the information in the description of the show. So when you're listening on Apple Podcasts or whatever, just look down in the little description where I'm describing the show. And you can find Instagram uh, for myself, my guests, website, all of those things. And as a matter of fact, today's guest actually texted me right after our interview and told me that he gave the wrong Instagram in the interview. So I want you to ignore the Instagram that he gives um, towards the end of the interview. You're going to want to try to contact this guy or see what he's all about. Trust me once you hear his story. So you might as well take notes. Now, his insta I can talk. His Instagram, the correct one, is J. That's just the letter J. J Brantley underscore J-B. J Brantley, B-R-A-N-T-L-E-Y underscore J-B on Instagram. Check him out and also find that in the description of the show. Um. That- I think it's about time that we play the theme music. Let me interview you. Here's what we gon' do. You gon' talk to me and I'm gonna talk to you. Maybe on the phone or possibly in person. Either way it goes, we talking purpose guys people welcome to episode man 114 i am super excited i have uh, a gentleman on the line that i'm going to interview and the dopest part about it is i'm going to get to know him just like you're getting to know him uh, because i don't know much about him and what he knows about me so far probably isn't that great but ladies and gentlemen welcome jay brantley to the show what's up jay how you feeling
1: i'm doing great man it's a pleasure and an honor to be up here uh and, you know listening to some of the podcasts and i'm you know excited to uh tell you my story man so thank you for welcoming me
0: thank you jay for being here look Le- ladies and gentlemen man y'all gotta understand this is i can already tell you this is a really humble young man let me paint the picture for you and, and set up the scenario um first of all i had to push our interview time back a half hour because i had something come up at work at the last minute um when i was supposed to be free and then you probably hear some type of echo and i promise i am not doing this interview in the restroom or the kitchen um i'm upstairs in my office because um i upgraded my phone service um but uh yeah had a downgrade experience you know it's not working in my studio so we're in my office which is pretty wide and roomy so you hear this echo um hopefully you could deal with that but today is about jay so i just wanted them to know what you've been dealing with jay and how um, your patience and um, the fact that I know you really are saved is shining through right now cause you haven't cussed me out and hung oh, up on me. <laughs> <laughs> oh man, it's so good, man. <laughs> so, so, so Jay, um, let, let's start with getting to know you, man. Just like, you know, who you were growing up, you know, what was your reputation in school, uh, whether that be high school, college, just whatever you want to share about, you know, um, who you were before you became who you are. We like to get to know like the background of the individual um, as we learn your story um, on Inspire God's People. So so take it away, man, whatever you want to share.
1: Definitely. So, yeah, man, um, I never was asked that question really, like, about my reputation. But, like, I'll start when I was younger. You know, I grew up in a Christian home. You know, my mom, she uh, – I have a younger brother. And um, she would take us to church at a young age, you know. And um, so – all I remember is, uh, church, church, church. I used to play the drums, you know, all my family. It was a family oriented church where my uncle was the pastor. So we would walk to church every, seemed like every day. Cause you know, you know, back in the day, moms didn't play. So she took us to church a lot. <laughs> uh, but on the other hand, on the flip side of things, my dad, he, you know, he was like in the streets and stuff a little bit, uh, dealing with drug addiction and stuff like that. So um, yeah, like moving forward uh, in school, um, I would have to say that I didn't do that well. I didn't do that well in school. It seemed like I had a lot of trouble. I was a troubled kid a little bit in school, gotten in a lot of trouble and stuff like that. Um, but at the same time, I felt like I was a good kid. You know what I mean? I was a humble kid and um, just wanted to be a class clown, you know, elementary, that type of thing. Um, but then once I went to middle school, um, you know, you you, you, trying to, you want to be the popular guy. You want to be noticed and stuff like that. So um, I would say that got in a lot of trouble, stayed back a couple times So back then um i would be like older than a lot of my peers back then because i had stayed back um twice i believe yeah yeah, so um back then it was yeah getting in a lot of trouble and then like my last year of middle school um eighth grade year I, i i did something real foolish and it was um i set a a sweater on fire Last day of school I said, <laughs> And I got caught Somebody told on me Yeah And um, I got a, I had got in trouble for that I had to go to court for that And um, It actually ended up I used like my AR or something If I can remember correctly And You know But still I had to go to court for that And it was like a charge or whatever So Man um, Yeah Yeah 13 years um, old <sighs> I stayed back. I don't Ooh. remember exactly. Oh, yeah, you. Were, okay, I stayed got back you. a couple of times, so I was I was a little older. You know got
0: what you. I
1: mean? So, like fifteen. I got you. I got yeah, you. Yeah, probably around fifteen or sixteen, something like that. Yeah, but um, yeah. So, moving forward, um, so going into my freshman year of high school, I remember, man. Um, seeing, so I. The neighborhood I grew up in was a really, really rough neighborhood. Um, And I remember like seeing a lot of my friends, they were like dressing really nice, they were fresh, you know what I mean? And um, I'm going into my first year of high school and I was like, man, um, seeing all these dudes that I know, they looking good, blah, blah, blah. And I was—I remember having like a lot of issues with my mom too. And my mom could see me rebelling a lot, and she was like, you know, she she had a conversation with me, and because I was even tired of going to church, all this stuff. I just had this rebelling uh, attitude, and she she sat down with me or whatever and said, if, you know, if you can't abide by the rules of the house, you know, you're gonna have to go, or whatever. And um, I remember just. Going to school for like a, maybe a couple weeks, I feel like, you know, before I um, approached like the drug dealers or whatever that, um, or my friends rather, that I knew that were like in the game or whatever, selling drugs out this house, literally around the corner from where I live. And they were always had money doing, to me, you know, as a young kid, it looked, it was really enticing. And um, I remember approaching them and. They put me down, you know, I got down on the block or whatever, and um, I never went back to high school, that was it. After like a couple of weeks, I never went wow. back to high school. Yeah.
0: Man, that's... Um, oh, go ahead, go ahead, yeah. go ahead.
1: But no, 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 yeah, so I never, I didn't go back to high school, and um, basically just every, and then I moved out the house at, too at the same time, and basically I lived at the drug house. And, um, I just stole drugs 24 seven, you know what I mean? just, um, it was just a new experience for me. Cause mind you, my mom's house was a good home. You know what I mean? Yeah. And now I'm thrown into this society or environment that was like new to me. I didn't know, like, I didn't know of, um, uh, mothers that were, that was on drugs with all these kids and the house was in shambles and no one every kid all these little kids taking care of themselves and it was just like something totally, totally new to me. And I never forget just like being amazed that this is crazy that people live like this. You know what I mean?
0: Yeah while um, you were in it. You felt like that while you were in it.
1: Yeah, yeah. It was just like dang, like the all these kids you know, the mother on drugs, like, the kids basically take care of themselves, you know what I mean? So, I feel like because of my upbringing, I naturally just wanted to help people out, you know what I mean? So, yeah. I would pay the kids to clean up the house, the house stayed, disgusting, roaches everywhere, it was, like, horrible, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, um, yeah, I remember just, like, just this new way of living just, you know, really just taking it on, you know what I mean? And, um, you know, but on the flip side of that, the money was really good, you know what I mean? We made a whole lot of money, you know? And um, yeah, man, I was like fully out there once I like dedicated myself in that way.
0: Man, that's, you know what, that's, you know, first of all, thanks for sharing all of that, man. I like, even just so far, like, it's like, this is like one of those movies. It's like, you know, I like Fast and Furious because they start off with action. That's how I feel right. like this interview is. I'm like, bro, we five minutes <laughs> in and my man has set a fire on, set a sweater on fire. So dope. Lived in the trap yeah. house. I love it, Jay. Um, a yeah. couple things, man. So, you know, a couple things kind of stand out to me. Um, And you kind of said it like, you know, that you were a troubled kid. Um, But you also said like you came from a good Christian home but I know there were some things obviously with your dad um, and what he was involved in. So I'm curious, like what was the trigger for you? Like, or what was the disconnect behind, like between like growing up in that good home and then like, Mm -hmm. you know, uh, failing back a couple of times in school and getting into some trouble, like just what was the, what was, what piqued your interest or triggered you to become rebellious just in the early stages?
1: Yeah, that's a good question, man. I remember, like, so my dad, man, he was, he was like, so he was on, he was hooked on crack cocaine, you know what I mean? So, um, it was dysfunction. He would come in the house, you know, beating on my mom sometimes. And, um, you know, like it was, it was good times and it was bad times, you know what I mean? And I remember, like, he, he, probably because of his upbringing and different things like that, um, you know, I remember he him condoning like a lot of stuff like when it came to weed and stuff like that. I remember him wanting to smoke it with me. You know what I mean, like Man. him wanting to drink with me, you know, like condoning stuff, you know, so I feel like those type of things created that dysfunction, and like me even wanting to rebel even more because you know like on the inside of us we have. You know, we had the spirit, the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. And what do I know? I'm a teenager. I'm a young kid. And if I don't have that proper guidance, especially from a father, you know, like I'm going to go and try to figure it out on my own. You know what I mean? So I, I feel like because of that dysfunction and, you know, not having proper guidance from my father. It, it, it caused me to probably look elsewhere, you know, elsewhere to like somebody who, who probably wanted to teach me. Because once I got to the, to the, to the, um, you know, around the dudes I was selling drugs for and stuff, they're teaching me certain things. I'm enjoying what they teach me, you know. It was like, it was, um, uh, kind of inviting, you know, yeah. for someone who was very impressionable, you know, and um yeah I feel like that this it was it was definitely my my dad who were i feel like he may have dropped the ball, but um I love my dad just to say you yeah know what yeah I mean? no doubt. around and, you know i don't i don't I don't even knock him now i you know of course because he could' have did things differently, but he had his struggles, you know what I mean, you know, glory to God that my I had a praying mother, you know what I mean, all because of a praying mother, I know like I'm here today to be able to give
0: my testimony yeah no and i love that perspective man you know because you know when we had these type of conversations on this show for sure you know it's not to um belittle anybody or or kind of look down on anybody who you know like you said like you don't you understand like your dad had his own issues and i think you know sometimes when we're younger we don't understand that we don't understand why things are happening but the older you get, you live life long enough, you make your own mistakes, you know what I'm saying? You fall short exactly. and then you start realizing like, all right, you start seeing the other side of it. So now I appreciate you kind of sharing that in that way. Um, real yeah. quick, where are you, where are you from? Like, I know you said you grew up in this, um, this rough neighborhood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I can't figure out, like um, you you sound like <laughs> New York, kind of a little bit somewhere. I can't really I, figure out your accent. Yes. Yeah,
1: so I'm from New Haven, Connecticut. Um, and it's the an area in New Haven called the New Hallville section, um, of our town, you know, and it's a pretty rough side of town. Man. And uh anybody listen to this from you know, from where I'm from, they they'll know, like they'll be able to say, Yeah, that's a rough it's a rough neighborhood. Um but, um, yeah, we'll get further into that, you know, I mean, as I go to, into, my, yeah. into my story.
0: Yeah. Um, th- let me ask you this. Um, th- This is like a super sidebar because I'm very intrigued by the fact that, you know, you went to high school for two weeks, left, and then you living in the trap house. I don't know if they was calling it the trap house at the time, but, um, you know, like living there, I'm curious how many people actually live there.
1: Yeah. So, um, it was, so it was like a couple houses. So it was like two, I'll say two houses that we bounced from back and forth from, um, the house, the initial house that I was in, it was, um, like, a, it was a mother and her daughters. Right. And the mother was on drugs and she had two older daughters that was probably around my age. And then they had some look the babies uh, running around as well. And um yeah, I was basically hustling there and the mother was like real bad. Like when I say bad, I'm talking about she was still from you. You can't like have your guard down. It was times I woke up, quarter trying to go in my pockets and steal drugs. Like man. it was crazy. It was <laughs> it was a crazy situation, man. Because, you know, when when the drugs run out and like, you know that drug is, is very addictive, you know? So, yeah. like, she starts jonesing for it and wanting it, and they'll do anything to get it and have it, you know what I mean? So it was very different to me, man. Um, but, yeah, so we would bounce from that house, and then there was another house, same type of situation, where we had the mother on drugs, a bunch of little kids, and she had sons. That was the only difference with this house. But her son also was around my age, and they was selling drugs. But one of the sons went to jail, so he was in jail while we were, you know, and we would bounce from house to house, um, you know, basically trapping out of their house and stuff. Um,
0: That's so crazy. That's crazy. Like, so, um, Mm -hmm. you know what's Mm -hmm. interesting is, like, the the picturing – like you living in my house selling me drugs, like that's so crazy. That I don't know why that's so crazy to me, but it's like you living <laughs> in the house, and I'm the client. It's just, that's deep, man. That's heavy. So, so look, you you bouncing between you know these two trap houses you live in, in this stuff, and you seeing obviously um, all types of crazy things. So just talk a little more about like that experience. Um, and I'm assuming at some point like me just taking a guess because you said glory to God so i'm a tru- I'm assuming you're not live from the trap house right now um and that you you probably at some point got away from that so just just walk us through like you know some more of like what happened while you were there um and what that did to you and, and what maybe the transition um as you you know it sounds like even very early on some things about it troubled you
1: yeah, man, so like um, you know, that was the be I would say that was the beginning of the whole like like that's the introduction really to me uh being involved in the streets. You know, oh, that was the introduction. We just at the
0: beginning. Oh, I like this. Yeah. Like, go ahead, man. You take it from here. Tell us <laughs> that, whatever you want to tell us.
1: Right, right. So that was the introduction to me um, you know, being in the streets or whatever, like Mike. So I told you I lived around the corner from his drug house, or whatever, and um, sometimes my mom, you know, I was I was gone from the house for a long time, and um, my mom would come to to the drug spot looking for me, and just you know, just saying I want to see you, I haven't seen you in a while, you know. Um, my dad would come and, and and buy from the drug spot, you know what I mean? Yes. So that was really weird, and he would he. You know, like once like once again, that drug is really addictive and it, it'll cause you to act outside of who you really are, you know? So it would be embarrassing for me at times because he would come and he's like trying to get me to give him something and he won't stop because I'm his son, you know? So yeah. that was like very uh, tough to deal with. But yeah, um, then... Um, I think with that situation right there, um the dude that we were selling drugs for, he one day he came up to like all of us, like it was a group of us and he was like, "Yo, this is it's a guy that just got out of jail." And he was like, "Um if he ever do anything to y'all or try to, you know, step to y'all or anything like that, I'm gonna kill him, you know? Straight like Damn. that." And uh, yeah. And he was to me, the dude that we worked for, he was like a pretty boy to me. He had the nice cars, real smooth dude, you know what I mean, yeah. and um one day this dude came it was literally when he told us this literally the next day um we I didn't see it, but I heard of what happened. you know what I mean They said the dude tried to you know come come at him, I guess they had problems back in the day or something like that, and he he killed the dude, you know, man he's He's in jail for life right now, you know um yeah, so that that happened and so like my story from there goes like um i was I was in and out of jail, you know, so I don't remember the I don't remember the first time, but I know I had got locked up I was in and out of jail, so yeah I, I'll say that I was in and out of jail a lot of times from the age of six to like the age 25 or 24. Yeah, 24. So in and out of jail. Yeah, the first time I did two and a half years, then I would get out, you know. And the crazy thing is, I was telling somebody this the other day, when I was doing this time like this, in and out of jail, mostly for guns and drugs um no violent crimes but like getting caught with a gun getting caught with drugs getting caught with a gun again getting caught with drugs like in and out that way but um i remember being in this mindset where i would tell people like yo like i know i'm coming back here speaking of the jail i know i'm coming back because i'm going to do the same thing i did to get here i literally remember hearing that yeah and it's it goes to show, like the, the kind of mind, the the how dark you can get into, things. You know what I mean. I was, I was in total darkness. You know, so time go on doing different bids, and um, I met somebody in jail. Um, me and him ended up being real close friends. I remember being in jail. The way I met this guy, he, um, we were playing like poker or something at the table and he told me he was like, Yo, you beat, I'm not paying you. Like I I I won, right? And he told me he wasn't paying me or whatever like that. And you know, I was I was kinda young, but my pride was touched, you know what I mean? So I remember um um pacing in my cell all night saying, Oh, I'm gonna have to like see this guy, you know what I yeah. mean? So the next morning when the doors popped open, I ran to his cell, and I was about to fight him. You know, I was about to run in there and, you know, fight him. But he was coming off the bunk, and he was like, no, 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 I'm going to pay you, I'm going to pay you, or whatever. Just to tell that story, to say, like, yo, like, he ended up being one of my best friends,
2: That's you know, crazy. even
1: to this day. You know what I mean? But the way we met was like that. And then we ended up meeting each other at home once we both got out. And um, we started doing a lot of crime together. and. um we he was good at selling drugs and stuff like that making money he was in the streets probably way before i was but you know i had like a a friend i would say and um we would go on we would rob people so like i ended up let me take a step back the way the way i i felt like i was robbed one time when i was in the when i was in the streets or whatever and i feel like I never had a desire to rob anyone but once somebody robbed me it was almost like a, a spirit jumped onto me and now I became obsessed with robbing people man you know and um that was my thing when I was out there I wasn't I knew I wasn't like good at you know saving money and selling drugs or this stuff but I would rob other drug dealers other connects you know we would set up you know uh, the person who sells weight, you know what I mean? And call them up. And um, we would rob the the drug connects, you know what I mean? And that was something I did, like, for a while. Like, that was what I did. And me and him would, we would compete at it, you know?
2: Wow. Robbing
1: guys for their jewelry. It was a time where I had, I remember robbing so many people for jewelry. I had, like, two handfuls of Jewelry that I traded in for this really really big medallion, and I think it probably was like the biggest medallion in the city because people knew of the same the same chain or medallion. Um, but yeah, so time goes on, I get locked up again, um, and I'm a, I'm gonna I'm start heading into like my salvation story. So yeah, time goes on. I got another friend. Uh, rest in peace, my friend um, Shelby. He's like a seven-foot-tall giant. Me and him were really close friends, right? And we would—he was another person that um, would be with me. We would extort and rob people all through the city or whatever like that. And um, one day, he like so because I robbed so many people, and that was the thing I did. Like to have a gun was like everything. It was almost like God to me. You know what I mean? That's yeah. my protection. That's everything to me, you know? And um, one day my friend, he kind of set me up to steal it from me. So he like, yo, stash the gun real quick and we are gonna do X, Y, and Z. So he, he set me up because he was just shot by my other friend
0: <laughs> and oh, yeah. um, he
1: was kind of fearing for his life, you know? So he set me up, long story short, Um, stole the gun from me, but now I feel like I have to kill my friend, a close friend, and I just, like, it wasn't wasn't even a thought in my mind that, you know, like, it was no question, basically. It was like, man, I gotta kill somebody I love, you know what I mean? And that's how I felt in my heart, you know? And so, mind you, um, I'm on the run from the police at this time. And something I failed to mention was that I was addicted to, um, PCP, what people call it wet. Okay. Um, it's a drug that causes you to trip out and do weird stuff. People strip butt naked and run down the street on this drug. It's a really, really bad drug. Right. And, um, I had, you know, this is my drug of choice, you know? So this time, (laughs) this moment in time, I was on a run and couldn't leave the house during the day. So I'm very stressed, you know what I mean? So that's one stress that's on me. Another stress that's on me, I had to um, kill a a friend of mine that I I loved dearly. Another stress was I didn't have a gun, but I'm gonna have to go get some from a, a friend of mine. But, um, and I'm high on this drug. Well, this, this, I'm trying to set a scene for you. Yeah, yeah. Um, So I go to this house and a friend of mine is with me and, um, you know, I'm getting high, I can't leave the house and I'm just feeling like wanting to give up basically. I feel, I think I felt, I just felt like, yo, I'm tired of living like this, you know? And in this moment, right? Sitting down high on this couch, I felt a presence come into this room, into this house, into this room, right? And I literally was like, like, it caught my attention. And I wasn't doing that. I was just sitting there. But mind you, I was feeling crazy like this. And it caught my attention. I felt this presence come into this room. And then after I felt the presence coming to the room, I felt it enter me. And I was, I started tripping. I'm like, Oh my God, what's going on? Like, and I'm pacing back and forth in this house. And I didn't, I just didn't know what was going on. But I remember feeling this overwhelming feeling to want to change. And I just started, I called my mother. That's what I, did. the next thing I did was call my mom. And I just was crying. And mind you, like, these, this is like years of being like in darkness, being on, hooked on what, you know, on drugs. Like, you know what I mean? and um, Just full of darkness. I could rob you. I didn't care about you. I didn't love you. I didn't, I could do harm to you and don't care. You know what I mean? This just, trying to put you into the mind of who I was at this time you know what i mean and like just even that same thought of knowing i was going to go back to jail no like my life would people would tell me like yo you got hard luck that's what they used to always say you know yeah i would rob people take their car drive around the city with it like our town with it and people would be like yo this dude is crazy it was times where i would walk through the park and you would just see everybody scatter and I used to think to myself like, dang, am I that bad? People don't like me like that. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah. So just, just um, trying to put you into the mindset of who I was and y'all, So when this happened, I called my mom. I'm crying, and I don't know if she believes me or not. But she was just like, "Whatever you doing, just come home." You know? And this is, this is the same mother who. The police was beating me up, and she and they was like, um, knocking on her door. Like she's been through a lot dealing with me, you know. Yeah. She she would kick me out the house because she's finding guns in the house, on times that I want to stay over or whatever like that, and having you know, seeing me on strung out on dust, you know. It, you know she's been through a lot dealing with me being real sad, you know visiting me in jail, like seeing some, her son that, you know, was brought up in church just goes so far, you know, so far into a life of crime, you know? So um, called my mom, man, and I went home, right? So yeah. at this time, like, I'm, I, I rock a ball head right now, but at this time I had, you know, a lot of hair. It was like something I couldn't depart from, it was like, never cutting my hair you can never get me to cut my hair you know <laughs> yeah. what i mean right I feel but you. at this time yeah man at this time i went home bro and like looking in the mirror at myself i had these like demonic tattoos i remember saying to myself looking in the mirror at myself saying oh my god what did i do to myself it was like for the first time in my life like God had removed the veil from my eyes, and I was able to see myself in a light I never saw myself before. You know what I mean, wow, and the next thing I did was grab some scissors, bro, and just started cutting my hair like I was tripping bro like you would if you if I could replay this time back and you can visual see it, you would say like this dude was like tripping you no, know what I'm tr- i mean i'm
0: tripping for sure just off the fact that you use <laughs> clipper i mean uh scissors instead of clippers i'm, I'm gonna be real with you <laughs> right you you told you know, me with the with the scissors bro
1: yeah man just yo, know, i just started cutting my hair off and i feel like now looking back at it it was like a huge sign of like change of like separating myself yeah. from the world you know and something else I'm, I forgot to tell you was like when this felt when 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 this spirit entered me God Jesus the Holy Spirit whatever it was that that entered me um I knew instantly that I was never going to come back to the world so like when I left that room I gave the drugs the money everything I had on me I gave it to the guy I was with and I left <laughs> and it was really? like Yeah, and I would have never, ever done that in a million years, you know? And I gave everything I had. I gave it to him, and I left. And something in me just knew this was it. I knew I would never come back to this life, you know?
0: That's that's heavy because – I'm going to tell you what's heavy to me about it is the picture you painted. Like, it's what you were about to do. So it was like the timing is crazy because you – you seem like you have reached your absolute lowest point. You know what I'm saying? Once God. once homie stole your gun and you couldn't have a robbing contest, like, cause that like I'm for real, for real. Like when you told, when you say, it's two things you said that stick out to me. Um, that really does. You didn't number one, like I just appreciate like the sincerity and transparency you speaking with. Because when you say, yo, we we was just robbing people, like competing, that's yeah. That's scary yeah. to me. Like, man, like I don't even know how yeah. you win at that. I get where y'all Like, this is what I wanted to ask you was it was it for you with the robin Was it legit? Like, it wasn't even about the stuff you was taking no more, and it was just about like the sport of it, you know, when you use the word competing.
1: Yo, it, that's a good question. Um it was it was a few things. First, you know, like um I remember one time I wanted to go to Florida with my boys and I didn't have the money, you know, and it, and it caused me to, you know, call a connect up and like, I, I even created, you know, I created a lot of beef over this, you know, people, even after I got saved, there were people that still had it out for me. You know what I mean? Um, but like, I feel like, um, it was the sport of it at one point in time because we were like really enjoying it. We was like, we was plotting out certain people that we knew had, you know what I mean? It was a, we were living a really dangerous life, you know what I'm saying? We was robbing drug houses and stuff. One time I, 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 I robbed a group of individuals. Like I see, and this is another thing. I know God was with me even a lot of. Moments and times where I did crime, I kn- I know God was with me because I shouldn't have made it out of certain uh, situations. Right, you know? that's real. Um, yeah, like one one time it was a group of people, and I like plotted on them all night on the side of a house, pitch dark, and they were they were pulling the all nighter selling drugs, and I came out. You know, and went in everybody's pockets, robbed them by myself, and somebody could have easily like tried me. you know what I mean, yeah. I don't know, but um, that was one situation, another situation i it was a robbery going bad, and um, I ended up shooting somebody, you know um and when I tell you like God had to be with me, bro because. Like I know now that, you know, the guy didn't die. He got shot in the arm or something like that. Yeah. But um, you know, I went to go like take the jewelry off of his neck. It was it was it was um after the club or whatever like that. I went to take the jewelry off of his neck, he snatched away, ran. And I don't think I would have shot at him, but the dude I was with was like, Shoot him. And then I shot and boom, Man. he fell and we ran. But check this out. When we ran We got in the car around the block, right? And then, imagine, picture a group of four black guys in a car, no tent, you can see us. Yeah. I got the gun on my lap, we come around the block and the police and the ambulance are already out there, right? And they are literally pulling over every car. And it was like in slow motion for me because I'm like shaking out of my boots. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. They pull over every car. When they came to our car, four black dudes in the car, it was like our car was the only car they told to go past. And That's I couldn't crazy. believe it. And I was shaking. I knew I was, you know, I've I've run with the gun a lot of times. It was you know that was like something I was used to. If something go down, I'ma hop out. I'm running, and police gonna have to try to catch me. You know what I mean? And um, that was just something. Look in the, in the in the town, um, or neighborhood I grew up in. That's what we did. You know what I mean? It was a lot of crooked cops. I've been beat up by the cops on multiple occasions. You know, so you know that lifestyle was just there like that. But this, I never had to like shoot somebody over not giving up their stuff or whatever. So. Yeah. For me, I just knew my life was over. And this was this was towards the end this was towards the end of like me, you know, this is around the time where I gave my life to God. You know what I mean? Yeah. So like just to say if I would have got caught for that, I wouldn't be talking to you right now. You know what I'm saying?
0: Yeah, that's crazy. I'm,
1: I was I was considered like a career criminal. Like if if I if if I went on a run my picture would go up armed and dangerous because I have multiple gun uh, cases. And whenever you have gun charges, you go up armed and dangerous if you go, you know, if if you have a warrant out for your arrest. So um, yeah, man. I forgot your question. No, nah, <laughs> bro. Feel like I'm it
0: in the right direction. <laughs> <laughs> no, no. You answered the question and more. You answered the question because I asked about like was it sport or why you were doing a robin. Mm-hmm. Um so you definitely answered the question, man. Um this is this is crazy. Like, so now what I want to know, Jay, is like, okay, your your mom tells you come home. First of all, shout out to your moms, you know what I'm saying? And it just really goes to show um the importance, man, like of having praying parents. Right. And exactly. I just really don't think, man, to all the parents out there, you know, you gotta be praying and thinking about your kids at all times. So I just think it's an amazing part of the story to know yeah. that in the midst of all that, her words to you were come home. And that's like yeah. no yeah. different than the, that's the story of the prodigal son. At the end of the day, it's yeah. like this idea that, um you know, we think we could do too much to come back home and and come back to Christ, you know? So, you know, I know for a lot of people, when, when you do wrong and you fall short, you know, you can't get over it, man. But the beauty about salvation is that God can, he literally died on a cross for our sins. So what I'm curious about now Jay is like, what was that transition? You know, so you come home, Mm -hmm. you clearly are one of those individuals where it was a move of God that like stopped you in your tracks and, reminds me of, like, Jonah getting swallowed by the fish where you think you're getting swallowed to, you know, for harm, but it's really saving your life. So what was the transition now that you know you're not going back to that lifestyle? You've done, obviously, quite a few things um, over a course of a long period of time. Um, So walk us through just salvation and, and that transition and what that looked like.
1: Definitely. So, yeah, so like I was saying, like, I remember the last time um, my mother was kicking me out the house because of a gun she found. She was like, before you leave, can I pray for you, right? And um, she put her, I never forget, she put her hand on my head and she started praying, and some of the words that rang out were, Lord, don't let anything he do go right. And I remember wanting to smack her hand off my head. I was like, it's that like offended me, (laughs) you know what I'm saying? It really offended me, but I promise you that what I feel like those words echoed in the spirit realm (laughs) because literally my life came like back to Christ, basically, you know what I mean? So after that whole moment happened, um, as far as, um, you know, me um, having this whole revelation, I'm in uh, looking at myself in the mirror, God opened my eyes. She came home, and we went to church that very night. And I went to the altar, and this was a, this was my church home, basically. This is where this is where I grew up at. This is the church home I grew up at. And mind you, the 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 church was in my neighborhood. So when I left, when I you know when I decided I wanted to like leave my mother's home, yeah. I lived, the street I lived on was, like, parallel to the church. So I when I left home, I was selling drugs in front of the church I grew up at. So they would see me hanging oh, on the wow. corner. They would, see, yeah, all the church members, they would see me, and these are my family, like, so they would see me, like, they would, sometimes they would, uh, you know, march around in the neighborhood and sing and pray, and, you know, they and I would see them coming and I'm, you know, trying to hide and stuff like that. (laughs) But, um, yeah, so I came back home and I gave my life to Christ and I actually end up, this is what I met my wife, um, in church, like literally that same night I met my wife, um, and my mom introduced me to her and we, you know, it was a, It was obviously it was a process. Like it was, it was a lot of stuff that I had to be delivered from. You know, yeah, yeah. Like um, when I when I, it was like who I am today is totally different from who I was when I gave my life to Christ. I had a walk, I had a swag, I had a look. You know, it took me some time to like get rid of. Like I used to always wear gold bottoms in my mouth, gold teeth, you know, bottoms or whatever, and you know when I met my wife, she, she used to always say like, you don't need those. Why, why, why are you, why do you wear them? You know what I mean? So I remember putting them in my top drawer and like always wanting to put them back on, but because I had met her and, um, she, she would like say, you don't need that. And even with the cigarettes, you know, I had to overcome cigarettes and stuff. And I knew if I wanted to like hang out with her, I, um, you know she didn't like the smell, so like little things like that caused me to help me to be delivered. You know, I know it was God, obviously, you know, but um, it was like God just started like literally flip my life, turn my life around, you know, like it was like I went from like that cursed person in a sense to yeah. like just totally things turning around for my good, so mind you when when I gave my life to Christ and there was a, t- I, I still had warrants out for my arrest, so I knew I had to eventually turn myself in so um yeah, I ended up meeting uh my wife, who was just a friend at the time, and um I um, basically turned myself in, and I had to do a year um you know in jail or whatever. But this, I feel like this part of my life was very... This was one of the most important parts of my conversion because I knew I had to go inside with all the same people that I ran the streets with. And this was going to be the test of my faith. You know what I mean? And like I knew in my heart that I was going to go all the way. I wasn't going to let nothing stop me. You know what I'm saying? So when I got in there... I used to, I had my Bible all the time, you know? Like, people literally would come up to me and be like, yo, what happened to you? You know what I'm saying? Because the person they knew was this dude that was, like, just always scheming and robbing and ready to do harm, you know? But now it's like something happened to this dude, you know what I mean? Like, and, you know, I, I, I just... Went all the way in. I picked the drums back up because I used to play the drums when I was younger in church, and now I'm in. I'm inside the prison and I'm playing drums for all the services, Spanish, English, everything. I'm just like, <laughs> I'm just happy to be home. You know what I'm saying?
0: <laughs> oh man, that is so dope, bro. Yeah, like man. man, look like the, the the last part about you. First of all, this is one of the most in, inspiring stories I've ever heard in my life, and um. We've had some pretty wow. amazing stories on this amazing. show, man. Um, and and everybody has been inspired in their own in their own right, but this is a very, very inspiring story. Like the fact number one, um, that you had to go um and do that year, but you mm. did it differently than you had before. Like out of all that time, you said between the age of sixteen and yeah. twenty four, you were in and mm-hmm. out of jail and having to do this last year, now as someone with a changed life, that is yeah, a true yeah. test of faith, man. So, you know, I thank God for you. I thank God for the fact that um, he got you through that, that last time. And even like you said, you pick back up the drums. And, and, and if like, for yeah. me, it sounds like you started remembering who you were. And it's exactly. crazy how, like you said, like the people who don't know you, who don't know the real you, they looked at the worst version yeah. of you as the real you. When really it was like, yeah. like the, the me that y'all knew wasn't really me. You know what I'm saying? Right. Exactly. Like, th- like th- that's not who God created me to be, man. And that's why I love like, yeah. um, you know, train a child in a way that they will go. And when they're older, they won't depart from It's because exactly. I truly believe like, you know, just hearing the beginning of your story foundationally is some things that your mom and having your church family, even, even you selling drugs mm-hmm. in front of the church, in front of the same people yeah. that had, Um, you know been a part of your foundation there's like there's a weird part of me that feels like even in that like you said you felt like God was always with you even that is symbolic of something to me like even when I'm out here scheming and selling it's like he got me right right there Um, so what I want to know now Jay you know before I get you out of here man I really appreciate this is like you know who are you today like what you mentioned you you know you have a wife so just tell us a little bit about what are you doing today and who is Jay today, um, in, in that different lifestyle. Um, you know, and and maybe a little bit about what it was like getting out that last time after you did that last year.
1: Yeah, man. So okay. <clears throat> so once I got out, um, you know, I ended up getting married. Um, first of all, I I got my GED. <laughs> that was huge for me. That's dope. You know, because I had took it a lot of times, like prior to me getting saved, you know, and I would fail, 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 fail. I don't know how many times I felt that thing, man. But then once I gave my life to Christ, it was like new beginnings. I got my license. I got, I uh, packed got my GD, you know, like things were looking up, you know, uh, came home, um, you know, got married, started a family and, uh, we found a good church home, like not so you know, the ch- type of church we grew up in was more traditional, you know yep, what I mean? I it was very traditional. And, um, you know, me and my wife talked about it and we knew that we, we wanted to find somewhere where it was, like, healthy for us to grow as a couple, you know? And we ended up finding this church uh, called Cornerstone Christian Center. And it, it's the dopest church, man. It's non denominational and um, it's, it's a very healthy place, sound place. They have all types of ministries, all types um, of ministries, which I lead one right now. I I lead the young adult ministry at my church. But uh, once we, when we came there, you know, I became the head drummer, you know, I met some people and got involved. And I ended up becoming a head drummer for some years. And then we started doing, They they were doing a lot of different mission trips. So um I'm trying to make this fast. Um I went no, to good, good. Trinidad Okay, okay. I went to Trinidad Um with um my pastor wanted to bring like the band, right? Just to just to teach some of the people out in Trinidad, the church that we were connected with how to like do some of the instruments. So a group of us went out there and um not Knowing that I was going to do this, I ended up giving my testimony to my pastor likes for everyone to write their testimony out before uh, we go on any trip, just so he knows. And, you know, maybe the spirit may lead him to have someone share their testimony. So I wrote my testimony out and um, I ended up sharing it three different on three different occasions on three pretty big platforms where a lot of people were able to hear. And it was one one particular place we went to was the prison and it was a youth prison like 16 to age 21 you're talking life bidders all type of young young guys and my pastor he went up there he he began to preach and stuff he he i remember him saying like he's a lawyer at by trade or whatever um um and he was like i i don't know what you're going through you know what i mean but I brought somebody here who does, and I remember him passing me the mic and me sharing my testimony. And over a hundred people, hundred hundred young dudes giving their lives to Christ, man, it was like wow. very very inspiring, man. And that right there began my journey of like sharing my testimony, knowing that there's power in my testimony, you know. And from there. I, you know, I started going on mission trips. Now I'm signing up to go on mission trips, you know, <laughs> yeah. it went from him, like, you know, so a seed was planted and, um, I ended up going to India one year and, um, the Lord had gripped my heart for the, for this country. And I remember telling my pastor, like, you know, I want to, I want to come back here, you know, so an opportunity opened where, um, I was able to do like a short term, more long short term. So we ended up me and my family ended up living in India for two years. What? On the mission field. <laughs> wow, yeah. So man. I worked, so so yeah. So think about who I am now. My whole story now for somebody who's like living in India and my family, me, I'm experiencing like just thinking about who I was and what I've been through that's and crazy. how God is able to use me all over the world, you know what I mean, I ended up going to Haiti twice, you know, doing mission work over there, just these different places in the in the in the world, and it's just been mind blowing like as far as how far God's brought me Man, um i yeah <laughs> no, no, go ahead, go
0: ahead, finish that, sorry, <laughs> no, no,
1: no, no, but no nah, i'm I'm pretty much done, you know, like as far as the mission thing, you know, like um when when just to go back a little bit, I ended up going to audio engineering school as well, and finding a love for you know, because I was still trying to figure out who I was, what do I love to do, you know what I mean, so remember some seeing someone doing some editing on um you know the engineer work you know so i went to, went to school for audio engineering and oh, i don't know it's just so much bro but um these days you know like um i i i do a lot of uh what do you call it um work with um different church well, I, I was the audio engineer for my church um but now I do a lot of freelance work. I do audio work I'm like, I, I got into photography, videography, um, more on the, you know, just what I love to do, you know what I mean? Outside of like the corporate job yeah. world, but um, yeah.
0: Look, man, you know, look, bro, first of all it, all right, so this show, man, is a lot about purpose and process. And when when I hear your story, there's a couple connections of purpose that really stand out to me. Number one is this, you know, when you weren't operating in your purpose, you were constantly locked in a cell that literally Mm -hmm. could have been your life, not leaving that cell. Like you said it earlier, you was like, well, you would leave prison knowing you were going back. But look how God is, man. Like once you step out into purpose, now you're traveling the world. From locked in a cell yeah. to traveling the world. Traveling the, world. Exactly. The, the the contrast is amazing to me of like, I'm okay, if I'm, if I'm not living in God's will and I'm like rebellious and living in my own flesh, I can be locked in this room. And I think sometimes that's what people feel like. They don't realize it. It's mm-hmm. like you feel trapped. You feel like it's not really nowhere for you to go. I don't have purpose in my life, but it's because right. you're not, you're not connected to God's purpose. You're actually living out your own plan for your life, which we know we don't have the right plan. But hearing you, it's like, man, simp- like you said it, you was like, when you made that change, you went from feeling like the person that was cursed to the person that was blessed, where it was like yeah. all of these things seem to be working out in these opportunities. Even as I hear you say what you're doing now, it's without limitations. And, that, and that's the thing It's right. like, you went from being living in a trap house, being in, in prison and in jail back, you know, robbing people. And, and when you think about it, you might have felt like some days that you was living it up, but you was probably in that same city every day. Like yeah. you, you, all the dirt you was doing. And look, yeah, go ahead.
1: <laughs> Yo, and then our, it was a time where like just talking about like thinking you living it up, being in the same city, I ended up. Remember the time I told you um, I, my boys was going somewhere Florida. And, and, I, and I had to rob? Yeah, yeah, right, right, Florida. Yo, so I went to Florida, right? I robbed the connect. We ended up getting some money, went to Florida. Do you know I ended up getting locked up in Florida? <laughs> I got locked. What you doing down there, up. man? Man, I was, I was getting high and drunk in the club. And this is going to sound so t- crazy, but they kicked me out the club, right? And so I am standing outside, you know, with another guy that I don't know. And he, we were standing out there talking for a second. And he was like, bro, can you help me with these bags real quick? And I ended up helping him with some bags, not knowing he was filling the bags.
2: Ah and the, man,
1: and the yeah, and the person who owned he one the dude I was with he went one way, and I I guess I kept I'm thinking I'm going I don't remember I was kind of I was out of it really yeah and whoever bags these were he ended up saying hey these are my bags blah 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 one thing led to another he called the police but do you know I was in locked up in Dade County for thirty days but look. Even though it seems like it was bad, I feel like even in that, God had a plan. Because while I was in there, one of my friends I grew up with from my neighborhood was killed. And I know I would have retaliated Man. if I was home. Yeah. And God, so I'm locked up in Dade County in Florida for 30 days. And then on the 30th day, in the middle of the night, they say... They're trying to be funny, like, oh, we're kicking you out or something like that. So I'm out on the streets of Florida, right? Don't have no money, no family, nobody. But God still made a way for me to get home. Just just, stories just go on and on. No, it's
2: It's
1: it's just like so crazy, man, like one thing after another, but to see from where all I've been through. And um, it was times where I was in India, like in, in villages and stuff uh, with none of my people that I know. It's just me and a bunch of Indians. And it's like, yo, like a reality check. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. what in the world is God doing in my life?
2: What you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah, I, what I like is that.
1: He doing? like And sometimes, like I literally have to, it was so many times where I used to ask God, like, why me? Because I feel like if you, like, the same way he entered me that day and filled me with his presence, it's an undeniable presence. You know what I'm saying? And I'm yeah. like, God, like, why don't you show this to everybody? Like, what is it? What what did I do? You know what I mean? Like, why me? You know what I mean? I don't deserve this. You know what I'm saying? So some sometimes I feel like that, you know?
0: Yeah. But you know what, man, like you, you know, at the end of the day, none of us deserve it, but we do accept salvation. And I think sometimes that's something we forget is like, you know, God offers himself in so many ways to all of us. Like we all have the opportunity, but not everyone says yes. Like not everyone when he presents that opportunity, accepts it and says, all right, I accept the in- invitation. You know what I'm saying? And that's mm-hmm. the importance even when you think about it, when you go and, and you tell your testimony, even when a hundred um, inmates come up and get saved, it might've been a thousand in a room. It was still mm-hmm. 900 well, people that well. didn't say yes. You know what I'm saying? Right. And so it was right, presented right. to so many people. And I think, You know, you right. We don't deserve it, man. But the beauty of it is like he did it for us and like he cares enough about us that even though we don't deserve it, he still offers himself. And I like I think the beauty of like what your story and and the importance of sharing it is that to those people who are ready to say yes, like this story meets them at that right time. Um, and and they changed their lives around. So I just encourage you, man, to keep, keep telling it, not that, not that you need that encouragement because you already, you know, doing (laughs) it, but, um, you know, I, I want to ask you one last question. I'm sorry. And then I'm gonna let you get out of here. Um, I'm curious, you mentioned you had a younger brother. Mm -hmm. How did your lifestyle impact your brother short term and long term?
1: Yeah, man, um, he, uh, he was able to see, you know, cause like, yeah, that's a good question because he had to deal with the part of me that nobody else seen, you know what I mean? The part of me who was like high on drugs, I couldn't even take care of myself, you know what I mean? And he would be right there. Like, you know, like he saw a lot of stuff, like from me and my dad that he, don't like you know what i mean like dealing with that life and seeing all that stuff you know so he ended up doing pretty well he's he's actually an artist um he's uh he does fine art and he's he's a very talented um guy man and you know he gave his life to christ he has a family now you know and i know it's because and that's and and i feel like this is this happens like, a lot of my family members, um, like, you know, I know my life has spoken louder, just not just family member, but to people. Like, I would come home, like, from India, and people like, yo, we love, we, we watching you, man. We see what you're doing. Like, dudes from the streets would approach me and be like, listen, man, like, I see what you're doing, man. Um, I'm coming soon. Like, stuff like that. Like, little, like, all those things show me, like, my life, is speaking louder than I physically may be speaking. You know what I mean? People watch us. You know what I'm saying? So, um, yeah, like, I know, like, my life has been very influential um, on my brother's life and, and a lot of people's lives, you know? Man, and it's that's... nothing of my own, though. I Like, I'm the first one to say, I know, I, I feel like I'm not capable a lot. Even leading the young adult ministry at my church, like, I feel like, I'm probably the least qualified, but God has gifted me with different things that draw people. I'm 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 able to rally up, young adults, be able to have fun and for whatever reason, you know what I mean? But it's God, I know He's the purpose. one who Yeah, man. His
0: purpose, it's man. When when yeah. we're when we're willing vessels, when we're willing to be used by him, like he's gonna open those doors because it ain't you. It ain't me. It's never us. And I almost like I get excited just saying that, like, because you never want somebody to think that you think is you. You know what I'm saying? It's like, God, nah, bruh, like, I know, like what like I know this is God. And, um, you know, when you're willing, man, he does that. So, Jay, before I get you out of here, man, I definitely want to give you the last word. Also, I'm not sure if you are um, a big social media person at all. But after sharing a story like this, I'm sure people are going to want to know, like, if there's a way to get in contact with you or hear or see more about your story, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, wherever you might be sharing it, um, you know, please share, you know, how they may be able to contact you. Um, and then I'm just going to give you the last word, you know, to, um, to say, you know, to, to close out this interview, man. And I, I definitely appreciate your time.
1: Definitely, man. Well, I'm not a big uh, social media person, but um, yeah, I'm just Jay on Instagram at J Brandt um, and on um, like facebook j brantley um but yeah man it's been a pleasure man um and i guess in closing man just you know i i appreciate the time man and i i want to encourage anyone man like you know i love the scripture where the bible says that we overcome by the words of our testimony and the blood of the lamb you know the blood of the lamb to me is the gospel it's the story of christ how he overcame Sin and how he overcame the world you know what I mean and in the same way that's the same way that story helped people overcome by believing in Christ and what he did like to hear our stories people overcome in that same way you know what I mean and like I said like sometimes I just wonder why me you know I know I don't have nothing special, nothing special about me but like I love to serve God you know what I mean that's I will do that to the day I leave this earth. I will serve God, and hopefully i'm I'm put in position to inspire people. I love what you're doing, bro. You're inspiring people you know and and one thing I like to say is like when it comes to giving our testimony or telling our story, we don't know the effect that it's going to have yeah in eternity. you know in eternity, I say eternity because when you share your story with one person. That's a family attached to that. You know, maybe that person overcomes, you know, and then they tell their friend or they share their story, and they, you know, and it keeps trickling, that domino effect happening. And now it's like literally a, a ripple effect that's happening in eternity that came from your voice. You know what I'm saying? So I just, um, I'm going to keep going, man. And I encourage everybody who hears this story to keep going as well, man. And it's nothing too hard for God. Like, I know my mother prayed for me, and it's because of her prayers, you know. Is the reason why I'm standing here. If, if, you, if you have a child, a wayward child, and, and you feel like they're too far gone, God can change them. The power of God can change them, you know. And I'm a living example. I shouldn't be here right now. I should be doing life with the rest of the friends that I grew up, Running the streets where I should be right with them, and this multiple, probably hundreds of people that I know that are doing life right now. So, man. um, it's just, it's just, uh, man, I'm just, I'm just uh, happy to be able to share my testimony, man. And yeah, that's that's basically it, man. I know I'm gonna listen back and be like, man, I should have shared that that <laughs> part.
0: <laughs> Hey, bro, good, man. No, we we might have to get you back if that's the case, man. Look, Jay, I've enjoyed <laughs> this, man. Thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, you know, keep in touch, bro. You know, you got my number. Definitely. Lock me in. Hit me up whenever, man. I'll definitely reach out to you. And this was just um just an amazing times, man. Uh, Jay Brantley giving an inspiring story um about his life, man, and, and guns and drugs. Um, but thank God that you know the Lord stepped in at the right time, man. Um, it's a, it's an amazing story and a testament to what it means to be a believer. I consider myself, man, blessed um, in doing this show and being able to connect with people like yourself. Um, I always walk away from these interviews feeling like um, a better person and I, I got something to work on. and I got something to be grateful for. And, and God shows me new things um, just in these conversations. So like you said, um, sharing your testimony truly is powerful, man. I hope and pray that this inspired people. Jay, man, thanks once again. We doing my, my first interview in the office. It sound like I'm in the bathroom or something, but I promise I'm not. We, you know, we, we chilling, man. The, the phone service wasn't working good, but thank you for your patience, bro. Um. Thank you for not going Debo on me. You know what I'm saying? I'm happy I got oh, the new man. J. And I, after, after hearing your story, all I'm right. like, man, what am I doing? I got this dude waiting. I need to hurry up. No, I'm just I'm messing with you, bro. No, uh, man. Glory <laughs>
1: no, to God, man. Thank you so much, man. I, I definitely I appreciate the opportunity to be able to share my testimony. Thank you, bro.
0: All right. I appreciate you, man. Be blessed, all right?
2: How right, you your, Yo. This is my dream. This ain't nothing crazy And none of you mind. This is for my
0: dream Maybe you are Thank you so much for listening for to today's show Now share with a friend let make you do a So they can be inspired Don't let
2: nobody make you do a dream Be inspired Don't let nobody make you do what's dream So be inspired Don't let nobody make you do a dream Be inspired Made to do Made to do Lift a God lift a God lift a God Live for God Live for God